welcome to episode 7 of the TTM Academy podcast. I am your co-host, Felipe Trian, emergency physician at University of Pennsylvania, and I'm joined today by the director of the TTM Academy, Dr. Benjamin Abella. Today, we're going to discuss a very interesting topic in a recent article published in Annals of Emergency Medicine. But first, I want to give you a little bit of context uh, about the TTM uh, Academy and this podcast. The TTM Academy is a novel, comprehensive educational platform developed by the faculty of the University of Pennsylvania here at the Center for Resuscitation Science that aims to improve the quality of care of patients resuscitated from cardiac arrest. To learn more about the TTM Academy, make sure to visit the website where you can find online module education that offers both CME and CNE credits, as well as links to all podcast episodes. Make sure to follow the TTM Academy on Twitter at PennTTM to get the latest updates and to hear about the release of future episodes. So today, we are going to discuss regionalized care in the care of post-cardiac arrest uh, patients, patients successfully resuscitated from cardiac arrest. And we're going to be discussing specifically an article published in Annals of Emergency Medicine titled Long-Term Outcomes of Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest at Regionalized Centers. And that was published in January of 2019 by Dr. Elmer et al., and this is the first um, large study to look at this question that I think uh, many of uh, many in our community of resuscitation and emergency medicine have been thinking about and have been discussing, and that is um, how to best care for a patient's after uh, they are, they're resuscitated uh, from cardiac arrest in terms of um, the institution and the facility. What is the optimal system and what is the optimal um, way of uh, taking care of patients? And, and so what do we know at this point? Well, there are a number of small studies, observational um, studies, that have looked at the benefit of providing regionalized care uh, for patients in, in cardiac arrest. And there's also a number of examples um, that we can uh, learn from, from other um, pathologies. The most common of those being uh, stroke and trauma. We know, uh, for instance, that uh, patients are regularly taken to um, appropriate trauma, um, uh, trauma facilities depending on their level of injury. In cardiac arrest, for the past uh, decade, I would say, we've been um, thinking about this and we've been discussing um, as a community, and there's been, as I said, a number of studies looking at the question of whether regionalizing care for the management of patients uh, in post-arrest phase translates into better outcomes. And so for that, I'm going to have my co-host, Dr. Benjamin Abella, tell us about Dr. Elmer's uh, published work um, on this very topic. Well, thank you, Felipe, and it is exciting to be discussing this paper with you, published just this year, called Long-Term Outcomes of -of Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest Care at Regionalized Centers. The lead author is Jonathan Elmer. He's at the University of Pittsburgh, and his group there has done work for quite some time in following patients after cardiac arrest and in accepting transfers from other centers. And so they became very interested in this question of regionalization. In many ways, they're an ideal institution to look at this question because they have been receiving transfers for quite some time. And there are also some receiving centers nearby that they evaluated as well. So their fundamental question was, does the transfer to receiving facilities, cardiac arrest centers, centers that put out a shingle and say, we are ready to receive patients after cardiac arrest more regularly, does transfer to those centers improve outcomes 
or is it associated with better outcomes compared to treatment at hospitals that are more local or regional in nature and haven't accepted transfers for cardiac arrest? So this really gets at the core of it, and this is probably the biggest and best paper to date looking at the concept of regionalization. The study had a tremendous amount of statistical rigor, and we're going to be getting into some of those details. So first, a little bit of context for you about University of Pittsburgh. They have been a major center of excellence for sudden cardiac arrest care and post-arrest care for quite some time. And they have a large network of hospitals that, via air medical transport or other EMS transport, uh, deliver patients to their facilities. So this was a question near and dear to their heart. They studied this question in a region of southwestern Pennsylvania, but also some neighboring states as well. It was a four-year study period from 2010 to 2014, so reasonably recently. And their denominator of patients were EMS-identified arrests. So they started this work looking at the EMS level, and they looked at both medical and traumatic arrests. So it wasn't just all medical cardiac arrests. This fraction of traumatic arrests was relatively small because, as uh, many of you listeners know, most traumatic arrests either are pronounced in the unseen or uh, are pronounced in the emergency department. Survival is much lower. Nonetheless, they did include both. They only included adult patients. Pediatric cardiac arrests were not included. So they had a large cohort of patients. Uh, over 7,000 EMS-transported cases uh, were included in their initial cohort. Then, of course, they excluded patients who were outside a catchment area for transfer. They only wanted to look at people who might have been eligible for transfer from an initial receiving facility to a cardiac arrest facility. And so they ended up with about 5,200 patients in their cohort. And in their paper, they have a nice map showing where all the initial receiving facilities were and then the cardiac arrest centers. Importantly in their work, they did not predefine a cardiac arrest center. One of the fundamental burning questions we still struggle with is what are the components of a quote-unquote cardiac arrest center? Is it 24-7 cath lab? Is it neurocritical care specialists on call? Is it just having a well-developed protocol? Is it a volume question that you have to have a certain number of cardiac arrest cases per year to be good at it? We just don't know. And so they just defined it as any hospital that received a certain number of cardiac arrest victims each quarter during their study period. So they defined it as these places receive patients post-arrest for whatever reason. And is that, is that a good model compared to those that ended up at the primary hospital itself. And so onto the results of their work. First off, they found a very important side result that I think is worth highlighting, that the majority of patients who were transported alive to the hospital died on day one post-arrest. And that's important to keep in mind. This isn't a part of their main result, but it's a good place to highlight the fact that the first 24 hours following cardiac arrest are the most fraught with peril, and a lot of the mortality occurs in the first day. This is something that's really, I think, useful when we talk to families about expectations, that the first day is an important one, and if we can get them past the first day, things often settle down somewhat, and then it becomes more a question of long-term neurologic recovery. Anyway, that was a secondary result. What they found as the primary result was that treatment at a cardiac rest receiving center was associated with a 27% reduction in the hazard of death. And by death, they meant long-term survival, survival to discharge, and then beyond, they used the National Death Index, which is basically a registry of death, to look at long-term survival. So a 27% reduction in death, which was very significant, if you were treated at a quote-unquote cardiac arrest receiving center compared to any other facility. So that would suggest that it's better to have a system of care, better to have regionalized care. Now, a couple of other interesting results, though, that we should highlight. 
When they looked at the volume of the cardiac arrest receiving centers for post-arrest care, they did not find a clear volume relationship. And this was perhaps a little surprising. It's intuitive that a hospital that treats many more post-arrest patients might do a better job of it than one that treats less. There's been some work, including from my research group, showing potential volume outcome relationship in post-arrest care. However, other studies have not found that relationship, and in their study, they did not find it. I think what this speaks to is we don't really know what volume cutoffs are important. We don't really know what the secret sauce is of a cardiac arrest center. Volume may not be the most important variable. There may be other variables that swamp it. For example, we know that one of the biggest links to higher mortality in hospitals early withdrawal of care. So even if a hospital does not treat as many patients post-arrest, but they're very aggressive about not withdrawing care early after cardiac arrest, they might do better. Just to give you a sense of why there might be confounders to the volume relationship. They also found that teaching status was not associated with outcomes. So any of you out there think, oh, you know, academic hospitals will do this better than non-academic, may not be true. The academic teaching status and the volume both weren't associated with outcomes. The only thing they found that was, was a higher volume of mechanical ventilation at that hospital site. They had a lot of basic baseline statistics on ICU care and so forth. What that just may mean is a marker for bigger and more extensive ICU resources that maybe places with bigger and more extensive ICUs do a better job. But, But it's sort of a strange measure, and so we don't really know what to make of that. All we can say is that however they are defined, places that receive on transfer cardiac arrest patients tend to have lower mortality than if they stayed at an initial facility. So it's a provocative finding, and it supports the notion that maybe we really do need to think about regionalized care. But it, of course, like many good studies, raises more questions than answers. And I think a fundamental question we need to figure out as a community is what are the modules? What are the ingredients? What are the what is the secret sauce of a successful post-arrest center? Is it having an excellent champion for post-arrest care? Is it having a really well-done protocol in the EHR? Is it having a 24-7 cath lab? Is it having a TTM protocol that has 33 as its target or 36 as its target? We just don't know. So here I am as a person who studied cardiac arrest for 15 years, and I can't conclusively tell you what are the key ingredients of a cardiac arrest center. I can tell you from my anecdotal experience that champions are crucial, that having people within a hospital who are passionate about this, who follow up on all the patients, who help coordinate care, who teach the residents or fellows or nurses or physicians about the importance of post-arrest care and the importance of avoiding early withdrawal, these things are very important. But I can't point to data to show that because, of course, studying champions is hard. But this is a challenge. The challenge for all of us is to figure out what is the secret sauce. And in a way, the Pittsburgh study is an opening salvo into that. If survival was better at the regionalized centers, we should ask the question, what was different about those centers? What did they do differently? And hopefully that work um, will be underway in, in coming years. So those are the fundamental results. I'm curious to hear if Felipe has any reflections on that or what his questions might be. That's very, very interesting, Ben. So let me see if I got it right. So they analyzed over 5,000 cases, and they found that the majority of patients died on day one, which was consistent with with prior work. There was a significant difference in the first day of survivors between those transported cardiac arrest centers and those not taken to cardiac arrest centers. And they saw a higher volume of mechanical ventilation was associated with a lower risk of death. They also found the teaching status in out-of-hospital cardiac arrest volume was not associated with outcomes. That's really great data, but I wonder what the limitations uh, of this study are. 
Yes, that's right. This was a retrospective study. The best we can say is that a receipt to a cardiac arrest receiving center was associated with a reduced hazard of death. Of course, what would be really ideal and very difficult to pull off would be a randomized prospective trial where patients post-stress are randomized to either staying put or being transferred. There are many, many reasons why that would be hard to do and potentially unethical to do. So this may be the best sort of information we have. Now, there are other limitations that are worth pointing out. The nature of cardiac arrest receiving centers, the nature of EMS integration with their local hospitals is, of course, very regional. And, and, you know, a famous aphorism is said when you've seen one EMS system, you've seen one EMS system. That is to say, how generalizable this is to other contexts, we don't know. What I can say is the state of Arizona has done a similar thing across the entire state. They've developed a system of cardiac arrest receiving centers, and they've shown results of improved survival. Was that just increased attention to cardiac arrest and post-arrest care? Was it a secular trend or did it have to do with the receiving centers? We can't know. But the data are slowly accumulating now that some system is better than no system, potentially. And so we may be in the early days of what one might one day might look like a trauma system, but a post-cardiac arrest receiving system. Uh, so there's limitation of generalizability, There's limitations due to uh, its retrospective nature. And then, of course, a third limitation is we just don't know what was going on in the hospitals. So the mechanism of the difference in survival is unclear. And there could be some mechanisms that are very pedestrian. There could be some mechanisms that really get at some deeper insights into how we care for these patients. We just don't know at this point. I agree with that last point, Ben. I think it's important to highlight the, an important limitation here, that being that the data that they extracted, the information that they had available was only coming from the out-of-hospital arrest, pre-hospital environment. Um, therefore, we don't really have uh, information regarding the post-arrest care of the patients. And so potentially there could, be the, there could have been some bias here in terms of selection of patients and those patients, perhaps the sickest patients were actually being brought to those centers for higher level of capabilities. With that in mind, I think this is promising data that further supports both the need to conduct more research to further attempt to advance this field, to gain more knowledge, answer some of the questions that you pointed out. We need to understand who are the patients that need to be transferred from the hospital and at which point EMS can make a a decision to, for instance, bypass a hospital in order to bring the patient to a dedicated cardiac arrest center. So I think this is a good point to wrap this up. I'm going to invite everyone to check the TTM Academy website where you can find a comprehensive platform for education in all things post-arrest care. And with that, I thank you everyone for your attention and until the next one. Thanks, Felipe, for hosting, and thank you, audience, for listening. We'll be back with another podcast in uh, coming weeks. Our goal is to release one or two of these each month on topics related to either targeted temperature management more generally, cardiac rest, post-arrest care, and related topics. You are welcome to contact us, and you can give suggestions for podcasts you'd like to hear or questions you think are important in this space. So thank you very much. Thank you.